With the calling finally over and training begun, it seems our adventurers are safe and sound. They may have jumped off a cliff, but they are not out of the woods yet. Find out what awaits them in today's episode of Danger Bound. Sean, be quiet. We don't okay, need to no. talk about this. We are going to move on from the incompetent people in our group. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Sean, you are entitled to your own opinions, even if they are wrong. It's uh, not an opinion. It's more of a lack of... Just, just lack of... Uh, lack all right. Own. So, uh, last episode ended on a bit of a bang and a decision made by... Yeah, Gabriel. I was trying to see if you were going to say yeah. high or low, yep, though, because yep, yep. it was really... I don't know. What we kind of jumped off a cliff, so like... <laughs> you did jump off a cliff. And Pretty high and low, if you ask me. And met an old man that uh, gave you the option of staying to train with him or going back. And Ooh. you were all given uh, the choice also of what time of age you will be sent back. And so... I say we both, we put that one to Gail first. I need to think a little more. I know I've had like a week, but... We are going to start with the people who didn't leave, <coughs> Gail and Natalia. Uh, and Kester. And Kester, okay. yes. Kester uh, dies Kester just, in training. Kester goes through his training. Um, Doesn't he, go he, through puberty for some reason, it's weird. He's very successful, <laughs> and... Uh, that's true, actually, Kester. he did say we were... Kester goes through, just for our audience, we are not going to take more than 15 seconds to explain how Kester's training goes. Good, because he's not important. Starting now. Kester's training goes very well. He decided to become a rogue, and the old man helped him on that journey Ooh. and set him back out, and Kester got set back out. We will decide ages. I'll decide what age he goes back out as, as soon as you guys all decide ages. Kester was just a boring good boy, and we don't like now, him. Now, we are going... So... Natalia? Thank you. Okay, uh, so Sean, yep. Gail, mm -hmm. uh, did you ever decide a last name or is it still just Gail? It's Gail Blackscreen. Blackscreen? I mean, I feel like Earnhardt is a good last name. What's Earnhardt? Just a name? Just a name. Just a name that I just you know, like thought. Okay, you give me a name. I'm Gail Ermintrout. Ermintrout? Alright, that'll work. Would you like to spell like, for the audience? No, I would not. Like from Breaking okay. Bad? <laughs> yes. Like from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Oh. All right. Uh, I will respect that. So, Gail, you have decided upon the 
half of a fighter. I have. You have, all right. So, as we left off last time, you guys, Natalia, Gail, and Kester were all in the same room together before uh, Delham left. Sadly, he, he left you guys to train alone. And, well, with the three of you. But the old man snaps his fingers once again, and you three are all transported to your own individual areas. And My own pocket dimension. Hi. And we are going to begin with Gale and your training. Okay, wait, so I'm just plopped in the middle of another white void? Is it a white void? Oh, okay. Um, you know what? You know how, what it is? How do you imagine Gale's training to become a fighter would be? Like, when, um, when you hmm. imagine becoming a fighter, what do you, what does that entail to you? What do I think of, like, what do I think a fighter is? Are we, is that what you're asking me? Like, how do you think one would train to become a fighter? Um, I see, like, Gale doing a lot of physical training, but then also I see him kind of, like, hitting the books, like, not trying to be, like, just a dumb brute. Because he's not a barbarian. He's, like, he's, like, trying to master the art of war, per se. Okay. But so, not really like, combat. Quinn is now standing up. Just uh, sorry, there's a more comfortable chair. He wants to assert. That's all. He wants to assert his dominance. Uh, all right. So, I am going to have you roll a d20. Uh, okay. Just straight, straight up d20. It's a ten. It's a ten. Literally right. down the middle. Straight down the middle. So you go through your first ten days of training. And let's just say that they are rough, to say the least. You did not see what was coming for this. You were repeatedly knocked down. You were repeatedly pushed over. And you are repeatedly trying to be made to give up. This old man that is training you, has sat in silence the whole time, and has just watched you and cast astral projections to train you, and you... Hmm. He doesn't really seem like he cares all that much that you were there. And the 11th day comes around, and he walks up to you, and he says, if you would like to continue this training, you are going to have to do better. And... You need to get back up every time you are pushed down. There is never a fight that you should lose. Or knowing when to walk away is wisdom. Being able to is courage. And walking away with your head held high is dignity. Hmm. Strength is the combination of those three. Snaps. And you know what? Okay, <laughs> I think Gale might be a little bit, uh, might be a little bit steamed at hearing this after like being knocked down. <clears throat> okay. So he says, "Okay, old man, why don't you show me what you got then?" He says, Ooh, "Bad, bad." Th- throw your, throw your hit. Okay. Well, so how am I doing? Am I just gonna uh, roll against them? Roll d twenty. Nat twenty. Uh, it's eleven. <laughs> plus, what are you hitting with? Oh, uh, do I get plus now, or am I still back on the challenge? You sheet? are. You are still an eight-year-old at this point in time. So. Well, that would be plus nothing. Yeah. Uh, you throw your punch at him, and he sticks one hand out, and just catches it. 
And he says... The wishy finger hold. <laughs> like I said, sometimes walking away is the best option. You don't always need to win every fight that you get in alone. But you just said there was never a fight that I should lose. I said there was never a fight you should lose. I never said you have to fight all of them alone. Hmm. And he says, again. All right. Four. And oh, God. you throw another punch. And this time, as you throw it, he sticks his leg out. And as you swing your leg around, you trip and fall over his leg. Oh, crap. And he says, get up, again. 19, which is, uh, if I'm not, oh, I know, I'm using the child sheet, so never mind. <laughs> and you throw your punch this time. And it hits him in the arm. And he staggers steps to the right, and he says, good. But you're going to need to hit me a lot harder if you want to become the fighter that you are meant to be. And he says, here, this might help. And behind you, a rack of weaponry spawns. And there are all types of melee weapons and shields and everything that a fighter could possibly want or need. And he says, pick your choice and the rest of your training will begin. What so there's type literally of anything. Melee weapons and shields. Okay. Melee weapons, I'm probably going to have to stick with a battle axe. Okay. Uh, Two-handed or one-handed? Two-handed would be a great axe, right? Yes. I'm going to go one-handed. Battle axe? Yeah. Okay, and then are you also uh, taking a shield? Yes, of course. Yes. So battle axe and a shield. Mm -hmm. And as you walk over to pick up your weapons, I would like you to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, shoot. It's a five. Uh, out of nowhere, uh, something hits you in the side of the head, and you go flying across the room, and uh, you take one point of damage from flying across the room. Very, it's fine. You're not. You're not gonna okay. die. You don't have to mark the damage. And behind you, there stands a Mechatron droid, and it's very Terminator stylish. And as he sees you on the ground, it starts walking up, and the old man is gone from sight. Hmm. And I don't have a weapon in my hand, and I'm on the ground. Okay. What do you do? What's my situation? Like, what's the environment around me? There's nothing but flat ground. And the weapon rack, uh, which is now on the other side of the droid. The droid is between you and the weapon rack. I mean, I guess I have to go for the weapon again, so... Alright. Uh, another save, or...? Uh, I'm just gonna say you can run by him, but he's gonna get an opportunity attack on you for moving past him. Can I try and, like, somersault over him? Somersault? Yeah, like jump up. Do you up. mean under him? You're a like child. Like through his legs? Oh, well, yeah, can I do that then? Yeah. yeah. Just like sidestep. <laughs> that might be a little bit easier. Uh, Not as cool, though. Here it goes. Uh, ten. Uh, I'm going to say you, you go between his legs, 
but you do not get up from the ground. So you are now on the other side of him, and he is still facing away from you, but you are still on the ground. Shoot. Alright, well, do I get to go again, or is he going to do it again? Uh, he turns around, and it looks like he is very slowed in his movement, and he takes time to process, and that is all he does is turn around. Can I make a check to see if I can, like, discern any weaknesses? Read an investigation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, six. Shoot. Uh, you do not see any weaknesses other than the fact that it looks very slow. Dang. Okay. Okay. I can work with that. Uh, what does he do now? Uh, you can... That, I do not can as an action. Okay. So. Alright, well, I'm gonna sprint and try and grab myself an axe then. Okay. Over that, or can I just do it? You just do it. Okay, cool. So you grab your axe, and the droid starts walking towards you. Hmm. He's slow. Maybe I can, like, I don't know. If there was, like, an environmental hazard, I would, like, try and push him. Mm. There's any weapon on this wreck, right? Not just the, specifically the axe. There are all types of melee weapons and shields. Is there any rope? There is no ropes. Dang. How about chains or whips? Uh, I'm gonna say there is like a morning star, which is like the handle with a chain attached to like a spiked ball at the end. Good enough. Okay. Okay, I take that morning star and I'm gonna try and lodge it into his head, which I assume is made out of metal. The like spiked ball part? Yeah, the spiked ball part. Okay. All right. Uh, 17. Roll for damage. Okay. What, do I what are morning star, star stats? Morning star stats. That is a very good question. <laughs> I would assume one d. I think it's one d ten. I would say d ten would be my guess. This is a pretty powerful weapon. Yeah. Morning star is one d eight piercing. Cool. That's a seven. All right, and he takes seven points of damage, and as okay. the oh sorry, do you want to go? I was gonna say, as you pull the morning star out of his head, unless you're not planning to. I was planning to like, if it's like securely attached to his head, I'm gonna try and get onto his head by climbing up this rope. Okay, the morning star stays in his head, but the gashes and holes around it close up immediately. Okay. So now the morning star is securely stuck in his head mm-hmm. because the metal around it has closed in around it. And he, before you move to climb up him, he reaches a hand out and just leaves it out there. No, like, like, handshake, arm out. Oh. Is it clear that he's, like, making a gesture for a handshake? He is a robot, you cannot tell what he's trying to do. Okay. Mm, yeah, nope, not falling for that. I'm getting on his head. Alright. 17, again. Uh, you get on his head. What are you wanting to do from his head? If I've still got my axe, I'm going to try and detach his head from his body. Okay. 11. You do not detach his head from his body. Dang it. And as he does that, he reaches up with both hands and grabs you and just, like, launches you off of him. Oh. Ouch. And you take... Doesn't he need to make a grapple check? So a robot against an eight-year-old, I don't think so. I, yeah, probably not. You just go to the other side of the room, and once again, he stops moving, and just holds his hand out. Okay, so 
So after Gale picks up his eight-year-old self, um, I'm going to cautiously approach him with my shield out in front of me. Okay. As you approach, he does not move at all. Arm still outstretched. I will reach out slowly and touch his hand. Uh, all right. As you touch his hand, he a light begins to glow, and it is a bright blue light, and all of a sudden his entire body is engulfed in blue light, and then you can't see anything for you two are engulfed in blue light, and your surroundings all turn into blue light, and then you are floating in the air above a dock, and you see eight-year-old Zalham sitting on the dock alone. And the old man is next to you and he says, calling for help sometimes is the best option. This man will become your teammate for the rest of your life and you need to trust him. And then the blue light flashes again and you are floating in Natalia's chamber and- I am not a man, excuse me. <laughs> Natalia, sorry, Natalia is not a man. I personally am a man, Natalia, not a man. You are floating above Natalia's chamber. There's a man. And you see her punching uh, a punching bag at the moment. And you I, would, I would beg to differ that it would be a tree, but that's just the image You see I her had. punching one of those wooden things from Kung Fu Panda. Okay. Thank you. That's all I wanted. <laughs> and he says her too will become a considerable ally of yours. And the blue light flashes again, and suddenly you oh, are no. floating above your world. Which we have not named yet, for all you listeners. It is Sarah2, C-E-R-A hyphen 2. Uh, and you see the five kingdoms, five, five kingdoms from above. And he says, you will find allies throughout all of this world. It is not on you or one of them alone to make a difference. Because... Everyone needs to come together to do it. And sometimes the greatest advantage a fighter has is knowing when to back up, knowing when to hold a defensive position, and knowing when to strike. And just like that, you are back in the chamber, and there's nothing there except a book in front of you. But what about Kester? And <laughs> <laughs> no Kester. Kester doesn't matter. And... The book, when you open it, is empty, except for a big number on every page. One to a hundred. One to a hundred. That's just its page number. <laughs> what do you do with the book? Can I make... I probably can't make an arcane check because I'm an eight-year-old and I don't even know what magic is. You can make an arcane check. Alright. Sometimes you can just feel magicness, you know? I'll, I'll, I'll like it. Well, not with a three, you can't. Uh, you see that every, like, number in the book is tinted, like, and glowing a little bit. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Gee, what can I do here? I call out, Delham. There is Delham. no response. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so I flip to the back cover of the book. Mm. Do I have anything to write with? 
No. But on the back cover, there is a page, the back cover, not the page. The back cover, it is inscribed with, choose your age. And then we cut to Natalia's training room. Hype. And Natalia, I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked uh, Gail. How do you imagine you would be trained? I mean, probably very similar to how actual monk training is done in probably like... Probably very similar to Kung Fu Panda. Probably also very similar to Kung Fu Panda, because that's how I'm feeling I like right that, now. minus the fact that you are completely alone. Yes, and that's where my hermit background is very... This character is based on Poe. <laughs> <laughs> no, Natalia is not fat. Let's get that straight. Alright, so I'm gonna try and make this one a little faster. Sean's been a lot longer than... Yeah, sorry about that. No, you're good. That was probably my fault. Uh, so you are training, and you are training, and you are training some more, and cool. this whole time, the old man is nowhere to be seen. You are completely alone. Busy fixing Gale. And there <laughs> is the wooden thing in front of you. Mm -hmm. So. I just like. What do you do? Well, I wouldn't say necessarily I'm only punching stuff. I'm also meditating, because that's how monks work, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I try, like inventing I mean my newfound ability something yeah we'll go over that later um but yeah with I feel like I'm trying to get like string together combos of like punch to kick click that kind of thing mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah uh roll the d20 that's a 10 as well why are you guys rolling so many 10s okay do you want me to roll again no it's fine uh as you are punching and kicking and body slamming whatever you're gonna do to this wooden thing, mm -hmm. uh, the arm of it just snaps. And the old man comes this time once the arm snaps and he teleports in and he says, good, fix it. And then he disappears again. Natalia just says, well, well, that one's a little harder than I, uh... All right, what do I, what do I have access to? You have the wood that was splintered off, the arm, the body, yourself, and the flat ground. Water? Yeah, there's water. There's water and food. Okay, um, so Natalia... Uses ground and water to make mud. Okay. And wow. then, like, dips the arm of the statue. This is a very lengthy process. I understand this would take days. Dips the arm of, like, the statue in the mud and then attaches it to the body and, like, holds it there to dry. Okay. <laughs> uh, as... Meditating the, the whole while. As the arm dries, the old man reappears several days later. And says, uh, the point of fighting is not to break your opponent. With well-placed hits, you can take them down in one. There's no need to try and disable them unless absolutely necessary. Sometimes the best way out is peace. And sometimes your options, whenever you break someone, is to help build them back up. And he disappears again. Yikes. Natalia meditates on that one for a little <laughs> while. 
like for which the human equivalent would be like whoa yeah no no no. well i mean it's still monks humans can be monks too and so i feel like it's just like the whole idea of like focusing in on that thought and then opening like her mind up to just like the forces that be because they actually exist in this universe and as you're sitting meditating another statue in front of you forms and it's another one of the spinning wood things except this time it is made out of glass and i want you to roll a d20 10. 20. Whoa. As you begin. Do I absolutely destroy it with my mind? <laughs> as you begin hitting <laughs> the statue, yes. nothing happens. It Your hits are striking it with maybe the greatest force that you've had this entire time, but the gra- glass is not shattering. It is not breaking. And the old man appears and says, You, like I said, you don't have to break your opponents to deal harm to them. And as you stop hitting it, it sits there for a couple seconds, and then the entire thing falls into dust and says, and the old man says again, sometimes the best way to harm your opponents is to give it time and coordinate attacks and not always try and deal the most damage in one blow. And then you see the same blue light that Gale saw, and you are teleported instead over Kester's chamber. And... (laughs) (laughs) I don't appreciate this. And you see Kester with multiple daggers, and he is running around. This looks like very physical. Running around, and there are lights like just like balls of light and energy being shot at him and as they're shot at him he slices each one and then they disappear and says and the old man appears next to you and he says he is quite the opposite from you i must say he wants to do the damage but he wants to make it fast and he wants to make it quick and unnoticeable then he says i think you guys will make a great duo and you are teleported back to the room. Don't, don't. And there is a book in front of you. Don't, let me guess. It has the numbers 1 through 100 on it. And on the back cover, it says, what age do you want to be? Yeah. Now that Natalia knows this. No, it's how many kids you want. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> no. That, that is what it says. How many years do you want on your mortgage? And then we cut to Delham. And Delham, since you left, your training is going to be a little different. Grr. As soon as you... Arrived back on the ground in Kirta. Uh, not much has changed, if anything at all. It is a month later. Uh, yeah. How do you spend your first, let's say, week back in life? Um, just as normal. It's... Just going back to normal life? Yeah. All right. Uh, the day, or after that first week, the... Royal Guard of Kierta appears to you, and they come with a bag of gold holding 2,500 gold pieces, and they say, follow us, and they bring you back to the kingdom, and inside the kingdom, uh, they bring you to the shop, 
which uh, is where you are given the ability to choose one item for free from the shop. Oh, you you want me to just read it out? No, it's it's on there. Uh, yeah. Jackson made a bunch of items that we can choose from, and I am just sliding over that uh, piece of paper with all the things I want. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to read them out, or do you want to keep them secret? I think we should read them out if you're yeah. okay with that. Uh, yeah. I second that. All right. So uh, the item you chose for free was the Virt Virtuoso's mask. Virtuoso. Virtuoso. None of us can pronounce it. Mask, uh, which allows you to cast Disguise Self as a cantrip instead of a first level spell. Uh, And then you also spent 1,450 gold pieces to buy other things, uh, including the Attracto, which, uh, when held with both hands, Pulls any metal item within a 25 radius to it. The bigger the item, the slower it moves. You bought the merfolk scales, which are a patch of scales that can be applied to the chest. The scales grant the wearer water breathing as well as double speed in water. Uh, you bought the queen's harmonica, which is when played, the user gets plus two on any one on one of any skill use of once per day. And you bought Melting Point, which is a nail that is glowing orange but is not hot to the touch. Once per day, the user can stick the nail into a metal object and instantly melt a five-foot circle. Yeah. All right. So after that, they send you back out onto the streets and allow you to just live your life. Yeah. I. Uh, as I get older in my... Uh, teenage years, I trained to be a better sailor. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of doing that, uh, living life. Uh, yeah, is there anything that you want to... Uh, let's cut back to... Is there anything like... We're, we're going to cut back. Natalia and Gail, what ages do you decide to go out as? What does that mean exactly? Like so if I came we're, back... we're going to base it off of Delham's age. So Delham was sent back when he was eight. So you can be sent back when Delham is also eight and you would be eight. You can, like, I'm trying to think of how to word it. It's kind of weird. Like, Delham is eight, but you go back as 30. Delham is eight, you go back as eight and grow up with him. That kind of thing. Okay, but like, if I go back as a 16-year-old, am I just plopped in the world with my family as the same age, and I'm 16, and they're like, whatever they were when I left? Or is it like 16 years in the future? Uh, It would be 16 years into... No. You get sent back at like present day as a 16-year-old. Well, I'm probably going to go back as an 8-year-old so I can like maximize my lifespan. All right. Natalia? Uh, That's a very good question. I have been thinking a lot about this one. Because I don't know. So, sorry, I wasn't really paying attention. If I go back, it's not just like there's a period of time where I just don't exist, correct? Correct. You go back to the day, like, 
that Delham would have gone to, except you go back as whatever age you want to be. Oh, so I'd be older than them. <laughs> if you go back as older than them, Gail decided to go back at eight years old. Yeah, I'm going to do eight as well then. So you're all growing up together? Yep. Does that good for all of you? You guys are all okay with that? You can't really, I don't really have a choice. You do not. Are you two both okay with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. Can I go back younger? Yeah. Mm. Nah, I'll stay eight. Anything between one and a hundred. I'm gonna go back as zero. <laughs> Unborn. Not between one or a hundred. <laughs> I, I just I just plop in like the floor of my house as a fetus. That's a little disgusting. <laughs> Alright. Or a corpse. You guys all appear back and Natalia, where do you appear back in? Because Delham appeared back on the docks where he had spent a lot of his time in on the streets and so where do you return to? I just had a really whack thought. So how long was the training period? For you the training period was what I from feel what like you could tell around thirteen days. I think But you have no idea if time works the same in there as it does in the rest of the world. I think Natalia goes back to the place that has impacted her the most. She doesn't remember that it does. And so she, when she shows up there, she's a little confused. But I think she goes back to where she lived with her parents. Okay. When you return, are your parents there? No. Okay, I... Okay, I know what he's going at. You're uh, just setting a backstory. Yeah, that's all. Um, do you want to leave it there, or do you want to explain? I'll leave it there. I okay. feel like I explained during the character creation what happened there, but... Um, Natalia's parents are dead. She doesn't remember who they were. She doesn't know pretty much anything. She grew up at the monastery... And never had any experiences that she remembers with her parents. So when she shows right. up in front of this house, she's very confused as to why she's are you, here. you in front of the house? Or are you in the house? I feel like in the house would almost be too weird. Up to you. Uh, I'll go in the house, Tom. <laughs> I want to say in the house. Alright, you are teleported in the house. And... You don't really remember it that much. Like, there are the small things that are, like, sparking hints of memory in your mind. But from what you can tell, there is not much that is the same as it used to be. There's been work done on it, and there are picture frames hanging where there used to not be picture frames. And as you look around, a man walks out. And he kicks you out of the house. That's what I thought would happen. Natalia goes back to the monastery. Because it's still in the same town. She just... Yeah. So she still knows the area town. She returns back to the monastery troubled. Definitely. Because she doesn't know why she remembers this house at all. Okay. Subconsciously chosen. Yeah. Why it was subconsciously chosen and how... And why she knows this house. As you go back to the house... Or the monastery... You're stopped by the palace guard, royal guard, and uh, 
are given the same 2500 that uh, Delham was given and are brought to the royal shop, Tarjay, Tarjay to yes. uh, do the same encounter. Okay, so I get one item for free, correct? Yes. And it's not like that bad like coupon that's like, oh, you get the cheapest item for free, right? You get what you want for free. All right. Uh, also, I since we didn't do all the shopping at the same time, if there is a duplicate item that you want from someone else, so if you want something that Delham already has, I will let you also okay. take it. Well, that's fine. I realized that the Merfolk scales made his character fit a lot better than mine. So, I am going to get the Lens of Straight Creeping for free, which for those at home that do not have our table... The Lens of Straight Creeping is once per day allows you to see footprints, tracks, or markings of anything that moved through the observed area recently. I am also going to get the Tarantula Bracelet, which um, bestows a spider climb on the wearer for 10 minutes and renders their movement while climbing completely silent and giving them... I can't read that. Plus what on cell checks? For the Tarantula Bracelet? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, sorry. Just advantage. Advantage on stealth checks? Yes. And I cannot sling webs, but I will climb, just like a spider can. Yes, you, no slinging of webs will be done, you are not Spider-Man. Thank you. The next thing. Because, I mean, I could wait till level 15 to do that, but who wants to do that? So, I'll just wait, I'll just get right. the ability to walk next, the walls now. Next, you are getting the Phantom Fist. I am getting the Phantom Fist, because it makes sense to have. <laughs> it makes unarmed strikes more powerful and grants the ability to knock enemies backward, adds 1d4 damage to unarmed strikes, and knocks back 10 feet on hit. The next thing... I am getting the Everlasting Goblin Stopper, because I can already move more than once per turn. So let's just make that one more time, why not? So, Everla Everlasting Goblin Stopper is while sucking on this candy, the user is granted a second action on their turn. Because of its size, the user cannot speak in character or outside of character. Once it is removed <laughs> from the mouth, the user loses all of its effects. Which, by the way, this will be very difficult for me. Quinn just, likes to talk. That's all, that. yes. And the last thing is the... The cougar, oh hold on, I need to ask about this one. For the cougar claw, will I get that advantage as an unarmed cougar, strike? Cougar claw is a glove with a claw on every finger, can be used in many instances, and does 1d8 slashing damage if used to attack. I Can I add that to my unarmed strike? I'm going to say, does it add the 1d8, or is it the 1d8? It adds the 1d8 to the unarmed damage. I'm, so or I'm not, how you to like, no, wait, sorry. My bad. It is 1d8 damage if you slash. If you, like, palm strike someone, that does not gain the claw effect, because it has to be slashing. Yes. Hence the slashing damage. Yeah. So, do I get the additional d4 for an unarmed strike for that, or no? The d8 for from the cougar's claw? Yeah. That's all I need to know. I'm probably still going to get it anyway, but... Well, slashing damage and unarmed strike... I'm, when you when a monk unarmed strikes, it is like not like scratching someone. It'd be a very inventive technique, but yeah, no, I see where you're going with. All right, um, then you know what? I'd actually rather keep the cash. Okay, so I'm not getting the cougar. Not claw. get the cougar claw. All right, Gail, what about you? What do you <clears throat> do with your two? Do you buy anything with a two thousand five hundred, or just get the one free item? 
I do not buy anything. I just want the all or nothing coin. All or nothing coin? All right. Buddy. You want me to read that off? Have more fun. Yeah. The all or nothing coin is once per day, once per day, instead of rolling a d20, you can flip a coin. Heads equals critical hit, tails equals critical fail. Yep. That's all I want. Get the unlimited pasta pass. Yeah. I would, but I need this money. Do you? For his own character reasons. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, fine. All right. Fine. Get the scroll of instant Arby's. <laughs> the scroll, <laughs> the is scroll of instant Arby's. Did I miss that? Uh, Where is that? I actually want to read Did we talk that. about that, Jackson? We did. It is not on here, but we did talk about it. Uh, Can I get the phone book of McDonald's? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, there's the unlimited pasta pass. If you want fast food, that is what you're getting. Okay. Uh, you guys all begin living life as normal people. And the palace guard decided they're going to wait until you are considerably more aged before they put you into combat against the other kingdoms of the war. I guess it's good that I decided to come back young then. Yeah. And wow. life goes on. And how do you guys all interact with each other, with Kester? How does life work for the rest of you guys as you live on? How... I assume they don't know where, we don't know where each other live. No. You are all living in the same kingdom, which is, I mean, a great size, yes. But. I don't know that Natalia does find everyone. I think she just chills at the monastery. Stays in the monastery? Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Alright. So, Natalia stays at the monastery. Do you live in the monastery? For the whole, uh, for the whole of time you are growing up. Yes, as being trained as a monk, yes. Trained further as a monk. Further, yes, trained further as a monk. All right. Uh, Gail and Delham, how does that look for you guys? Um, well, as far as the money, I can't really go into details about that. Uh, I pretty much just go back to my family, learn my trade, which is blacksmithing, for my father. Um, and yeah, that's how the rest of my life pretty much plays out. Alright. Up until the moment. Uh, I kind of grow up, and then once I'm ready to, uh, start learning how to say it. Sorry for our audience, there's yeah. someone An intruding in our space. Hi. Do you want to listen? Okay. You can talk, it's fine. I mean, yeah. Uh, okay. For our audience, hello, we have now a spectator. Her name is Ari. What is up? That sounded awkward. Here is Ari, all right. Okay. So, uh, tell him, continue. Um, as you're, uh, you might remember from the first episode I talked about my backstory, mm -hmm. about my father, uh, just is abusive, uh, and my mother is dead, uh, and the town doesn't know why my mom died, but I, I guessed, and to me, I know that my father killed her. Uh, and, but the rest of the town thinks he's like a super good sailor, uh, so they revere him, and he's kind of like, uh, looked upon uh, as like a role model to the younger kids. All right. 
And so, but later on in life, uh, he dies. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the he dies at sea, and what uh, the other crew members of the ship uh, think it was the Kraken. And instead of being afraid of that, be, be, instead of being afraid of what killed his father, he wants to learn more about it. Because uh, of the fact that he, his father and his mother and that kind of stuff. Yeah, as like, as like thanks, almost. Okay. And then, on uh, one, so he began studying the Kraken, uh, while he was learning how to sail, and then one night, particularly stormy and dark, mm -hmm. uh, he went out into sea and tried to try to communicate with the Kraken. And then his ship was completely wrecked, and Delham washed up on shore. Uh, he, he may have heard some things or like seen some things during his blacked out state, but the only thing he knows is when he awoke, his arms were completely covered in what seemed like tattoo in a black. They were completely black as if ta they were tattooed. But uh, if you, yeah, it somewhat moves as liquid does. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Danger Bound. As always, we greatly appreciate you taking your time to watch, listen, sorry, listen I to I appreciate these. it most. Okay, thank you, Sean. Um, uh, we always greatly appreciate you taking your time to listen to this podcast. Um, like if Gale is your favorite character. Uh, yeah, sure, do that, I guess. And if Natalia is your favorite, I don't know, leave five stars, that'd be helpful too. <laughs> And if Delham's your favorite, leave four and a half, we'll say. And if Kester's your favorite, break your phone, please. Please, don't. No one likes Kester. Um, especially Natalia. Anyways, I know this episode's going up a little late today. We kind of didn't have time to record. So, we'll see how next week goes. And if everything goes correctly, it should be out by October... 11th. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome back from our lovely ad break, and uh, to progress forward in this story, our three adventurers, characters, heroes, whatever you want to call them, friends, uh, including Kester, I guess I should say four, are all jumping forward into the future. And for the humans, Delham and Gale, they are both going to come out 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And Natalia's tiefling ages a little slower, so she's gonna come out round twenty-three. Well, like physically younger. Physically younger. Physically yeah. younger, not age-wise, but phys yes. Uh, and yeah, uh, what happened? If you would like to go through a little bit of backstory, what happened in your guys' lives during those twenty years? 
uh, when you want to As a hermit background, okay. I do get a revelation, but I want that to play out as the adventure goes on. So, no, nothing currently. Okay. Sean? Um, I'll say Ale. this. A lot of my family died off because we were pretty poor, and now it's pretty just me and my, just me and my uh, niece. So that's pretty much the only family I've got left, and then I'll save the rest as well. All right. Uh, are we going to talk about how we meet, or uh, will that be next? We'll, yeah. Uh, is there anything that happens to Delham specifically that comes to any revelations or any other backstory pieces, anything like that? Well, I kind of gave the backstory. And yeah. Then, uh, right now, he's just sailing to earn more money and then studying. All right. And so... You guys continue to live life, and uh, uh, you guys continue. Before long, though, you are all living your daily lives, and for uh, Natalia, that's in the monastery, for Gale, that is at home with his niece, and for Delham, that is out sailing the seas, trying to become a better sailor and make a living off of the things he loves loves and uh, that is when you all receive the same letter saying that you have been drafted into the military as winners of the calling you all were knowing that this would happen at some point and you were not expecting it so soon but your time is now and the adventure will continue now all right, let's talk rank. If Natalia is not a colonel, she's going to claim sexism and revolt. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guys, won the calling. Like you guys are being, we're trained yeah, and true. will be put in as like the elite troops. Be since you won. I'm okay with whatever as long as it's higher than Kester. Kester's the same one though, because he won too. Can I be above Kester, please? Um, you will find out. Sure, fine. Actually. Okay. Since Delham's, he thought he put the calling behind him. And, like, everything, he didn't want to be associated Ooh, draft with. Draft dodger. <laughs> I'm gonna take the note and rip it up. Alright. Do the other... They're coming for you. Do you Big other brother's two watching. Uh, um, accept the letter? Natalia does. She knows, it, she, she knows it was coming. Okay. And she's excited to get... She wants to get away from it all. Like, going to war... No, but like out of the town. It reminds her of her parents. That she doesn't remember? Ah, uh, yes. It's been 20 years. Bloodshed. It's that been... really strikes up my father's memory for me. <laughs> she wants to have something to do to think about. Hmm. Because I did say she got a revelation. Sure. It's true. Just saying. There's some stuff there. Uh, Gail, mm. do you accept the letter? That's a good question. No, I don't. You... I Okay, I try and split town. <laughs> try and dip? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. What about your niece? We'll get to that. Backstory. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, She's taken care of. So you begin leaving town, and are you trying to go to another kingdom? Are you trying to just... Find a new, like, small town home. I'm searching for a man. In okay. particular. Yes. Uh, as 
you are on your journey for this man. Uh, you are on a trail, and you are surrounded by royal guard. And they say, you have to come with us now. What do you do? Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. There are maybe 15 of them in a circle Stop. around you. you. Violated, do it! You have no. violated the law. I think Monk and Talia could take him on. I, I should rebel. Oh, oh well. for all of our audience, our characters are now fully aged, and they are level 3 as well. We should probably go over what leveling up happens. So before uh, well, Gale takes make it actions, a surprise when it happens. Can I make the case that, uh, okay, so as Gale, at some point along the line, Gale started wearing a huge metal mask over his face. Yes. Can I make the argument that maybe he would be a bit difficult to recognize? Can I try and, like, say that I'm not Gale? He did uh, say he had a metal mask in episode one. I did. He did. I am going to say that the Kierton, uh, like, royalty and, uh, army has been keeping close tabs on you all, and they know about the Metal Mask. Dang. They're good. Mmm. Bye, Ari. Deuces. Adios. <laughs> I'm just gonna book it. I have to run. Like, I don't have time to be caught up in this war. Okay. Uh, as you try and run, uh, the soldiers pull out shields from their back, and close a circle and tighter around you. Like like turtle formation? Yes. Like inverted turtle? Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and jump over them, I guess. Alright, you can roll, for that. roll acrobatics. Oh god, it's a 7. Am I good at acrobatics? I am, plus 4, it's 11. Uh, I'm going to say you... I'm going to roll dexterity for this. Oh my god, okay. You jump over... This, some of the soldiers. And as you do that, they're all kind of startled by, like, this sudden burst of, like... I mean, yeah, it is a pretty impressive feat. And... Just jumping over... And they turn lines. and begin to follow you. I mean, I keep going. I'm, I'm not getting caught. All right. Uh, as you're running, the soldiers begin to take, uh, like, bolas, if you know what a bola is. I don't. It is, uh, for you all... You know those games where it's like you have the two balls on the string and you throw it at the bars? And, like... Oh, yeah, that's... Bars, so, those are that so bola. Oh, okay. Ebola is... Ebola. Weaponized is, Ebola. A bola. A space bola is... An bola. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, three pieces of string or, like, rope that are tied together with a rock tied at every end. And what they do is they're swung above the head and thrown at the legs to wrap around and trip someone. Oh, yep, okay, I know what you're talking about. Uh, and I'm gonna have you roll dexterity saving throw. How does 17 plus 2, 19 sound? You, they miss every single bullet that they throw at you. Ah. Uh, okay. Pretty much it's one of those, yes. Uh, and as you're running, the soldiers start to lose you. And from what you can tell, you are open free. And the royal dragon comes down and... <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then there's purple gas, and you wake up. Delham, you are sailing, and all of a sudden, on the horizon, you see royal ships. What do you do? I'm just kind of like, go look. Just, just turn? Just turn. <laughs> all right. Uh, are there, do I have crewmates? I, do you have crewmates? I don't know. Yeah, because it's like... A, 
and stupid to go out alone. All right, yeah. So your crewmates, yes. What are you the like leader of the boat? Are you uh, the captain? I am the captain now. Uh, I'd assume that I have a high ranking position. Okay. Or like positions, basically like a merchant boat. Yeah. Uh. But like they say, because my father was a good sailor, it's just like always should listen to him. All right. Uh, as you turn, the royal ship starts moving at you with alarming speed. It is moving faster than you thought boats were possible of moving. And as it gets closer, you realize that there is the old man from the calling 20 years ago blowing wind out the sails. And he is the only person on this boat that you can see. And as he gets closer... He lifts his boat out of the water and places it right next to yours and saying, your time is now. Come and join us. Um, how far away is he? He is as close as it is for a, like, big royal ship to get to is a Is he within ship. 120 feet? Within 120 feet? I'm going to say yes. Getting out the dice. It's getting serious, <laughs> boys. As a warlock, this is a rite of passage. Okay. I cast Eldritch Blast. Okay. Ooh. Just at him or at his ship? At him. Okay. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Fuck, that's only like a 14. Uh... He sees the Eldritch Blast coming, and he sticks his own two hands out, and all of a sudden, your boat is hit by something and spun facing back into a chore. And he picks up his own boat, and he turns it around, and so he is sailing now into shore with both of you. Or both of you are sailing into shore now. Uh, am I, like, close to the boat? Like, or did he, You like, are blast? within 120 feet of the boat. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm gonna cast Invisibility on myself. Don't waste those spell slots, man. <laughs> They're important. Okay, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that wouldn't be, uh, that would have been, like, an 18. Eldritch Blast. Sorry, where did you get plus 10? There was an 8, by the way. The well, same... Isn't it, uh... Isn't proficiency then uh, spell, modifi- spell modifier plus attack bonus? Does that have the... I don't know if that has the attack bonus. Try to say again? It might only have the attack I it, bonus. I think it only has one or the other. Anyway, I'm still going to say the same thing happened, just for narrative reasons. Okay. Uh... As you, are you casting invisibility on yourself? Yes. Okay. And then I am jumping in the water. Okay. And as you jump from the water, the man waves his hands in front of him and snaps. And suddenly both Natalia, Kester, Gale, and Hi-Ho are on your ship. Wait, 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 what? Sorry! No! You killed him! I'm I'm so off the boat. You're still in the water? <laughs> yeah, it would have been after that. Alright, and then with the snap of his fingers, 
they all fall into dust and blow away into the wind. Of okay. course they do. They yeah. were never actually there. Yeah. Good. Uh, so my turn again? If you're in the water, yes. Yep. Uh, oh, and he has the merfolk scales. Oh! And since I'm a kraken, I have a move speed of 60 Jesus. in the water! Oh, that's so I'm gonna much! Move to, I'm gonna move to his boat and then in my turn. Okay. And as he realizes that you are gone, he rises his hands into the air and then brings them both down to the ground and his boat disappears. Uh-oh. This man's got a lot of spell slots. Is, is he gone? The entire boat and everything on it is gone. Hey, so I lost him. This is a victory. <laughs> okay. Is that... Okay. So, Natalia, you arrive at the royal court. Indeed and, I do. Uh... You is Kester there? Oh, you God. We ditched you with Kester, I just realized. And you are met by an admissions officer. I'm just going to call him that for now. Do we have a last and name for Kester? Not at the moment. I can think you of have not found out his last name. He's not I can think of quite name. a few last names for Kester. <laughs> Fair. Uh, and as you appear there, there's no one else there. And you see that there is actually a banner that has Natalia, Gale, and Delham like inscribed and written on it and then there is a welcome booth and the old man that was from the calling is sitting in that booth and he says i see one of you has decided to come why don't we bring the others and he snaps his fingers and ah. delham and gail both appear next to you except delham doesn't appear because like, he's invisible delham is invisible gail and natalia are there. No, how how could he... Can he see invisibility? He just summoned... He, it, it, like... He <laughs> just a made a boat to Deity. <laughs> right? You don't know yet. Well, teleportation re- requires you to touch. This boy is beyond normal magic powers. Does it? I feel like it is very safe to say. If the DM says it happens, it happens. <laughs> and you two are there, and... And and the old man says, "Where's the other one?" Uh. So I I assume I'm in stealth. You are in stealth because you are invisible. Uh. Ooh. Um. Do I have anything for that? That's I. Good question. I don't think so. I'm gonna do that. Cast, Why do bother sending the troops after I'm me? I'm gonna cast Eldritch Blast again. Okay. Oh, I thought you would run away. I could use my straight cooking. <laughs> <laughs> it was a worse oh. roll. It was a seven. Okay. It was like a one. <laughs> okay. So, less. Uh, nothing. He sees that it's coming, and he stands there, and he lets it hit him. And he goes flying back into the wall of the castle, and the wall of the castle is covered by spikes. And... He is impaled many times by the spikes. Many. And you are also now out of invisibility after yeah. the attack. And uh, the man, his body is hanging from the spikes. Just kind of, like, I, I don't recognize these two. It's been... You definitely don't recognize. I don't him. know Gale. I don't think I recognize Delham. I yeah, because you just think it's just like oh, it's a human. 
And you also have some really weird water tats, so like, <laughs> I don't know. And, and then I just start leaving. And as you're leaving, the old man appears behind you, and he start, begins to laugh and clap his hands, and he says, This has been a mighty reunion. I think it's time we can begin. Thank you.